Greetings and salutations, all you beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Art of the Beholder, a show dedicated to all things eclectic in the world of arts, where we do deep dives into deep cuts and help you understand why damn things matter. I'm your host, Novo Day, and today we're going to be talking about art and music, focusing on the career of the one and only Bjork. To hash it out, I am again joined by one of our executive, exclusive, senior contributors. That's right. The only Venus as a boy I need, and that is Mr. Theodore Buck. Buck, welcome. Thank you. You may call me the Elden Lord. I defeated oh. Rinella, the queen of the Academy, yes, last night. Oh, yeah. he's he's Guys, he's been balls deep in Elden Ring for... He, oh, he's yes. literally been in an Elden Ring coma. Like, that's I, all you, if, you, if you he tried like, to get off a hold work, of me... Yeah, it's, it's, it, don't even try. Don't even I, try. I am, I am going deep. to the Ed Tree... Well, I will find the Elden Ring, and I will destroy all of it. Well, we're not right now. Right now, Clayton's listening to this, and he's like, "You, oh god damn it, guys!" Yeah, already so, a tangent. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm playing that game, and it's. That's, I it's, guess that's a pre gym gem of the week. Uh, Elden Ring, check it out, guys. Yeah, I'm just going to tell you right now. My gem of the week is play Elden Ring and uh, make sure that you shower in between <laughs> sessions. Eat food. Go to the bathroom. Eat shower. Food. Go to you the know, bathroom. Some some kids' bladder exploded. Yeah. yeah, you don't want that. I mean, you don't want yeah. that. But we're not talking about Elden Ring today. We're talking about Bjork. Bjork, the one and only, the woman that changed the landscape of popular music and really the art world forever. Not only for women, but for all people, crafting a unique style and a very, very, very unique vocal aesthetic. Right. Oh yeah. And uh, she's part of our long-running list of one, the one and onlys. No one, no one's been like her before she came along, and I don't think anybody will be like her after. So whoever, whoever your person is, be it Prince or a Bowie or whoever your fucking you know trailblazer is, she too. This is important. This is her thesis. She too changed the game. Now, before we can discuss, of course, we need a little background. Born on November 21st, 1965, in the city of Reykjavik, Iceland, I probably butchered that, Bjork began her music career at the age of 11. Now, I'm also going to, uh, I already know I'm going to also butcher her last name, so I'm just going to butcher Bjork. Yeah, it's it's um, it's a long, it, it has, just like Bjork has umlauts, it has a Gunder. lot of accent marks that i don't e- i don't even know what to do with them so uh we're for the rest of this episode and piece we're just gonna probably call her bjork and she's already she's always gone like that you know just like a madonna or a beyonce she's always used her name as a mononym and that is i should say this that is her real first name it's not like a stage name or anything like that now uh, a little more of the background before we go into the discussion section before her solo career this is important one of her first big breakthroughs was leading alt rock band the Sugar Cubes. A lot of people forget that. From 1986 to 1992, whereas in 1993, just one year, one year after they disbanded, she released the very famous debut, which is where our journey begins. Of course, before we hatch it out, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Guys, if you don't know what Liquid IV is, we'll buckle up because I'm going to throw you a game changer. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier that not only tastes great, but is a non-GMO electric light drink mix. Powered by cellular transport technology to deliver hydration to the body faster and more efficiently than water can just do alone. One stick contains three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks with five essential vitamins. Now, I pride myself on telling you about things that I either already like or just use in my everyday life. And I have to say, I've actually been a fan of Liquid IV for a long, long time now. I use it for everything from, you know, just long runs to stay in shape, all those late nights with those after hours or just when i'm feeling a little dehydrated i turn to it so it could just my god set me straight make me feel like a million bucks again and just get me ready for the day so please head on over to their website that's liquid-iv.com to check out their amazing line of products and get this when you use promo code art of the beholder all one word you'll get 20 percent off your order now if you need a little direction on where to start i recommend lemon lime guys you're gonna love it won't be disappointed so please give it a shot and get more fuel for life's adventures now back to the show 
So um, before we go into the art, you know, this show, I don't give a shit about her personal life. I know there's a lot. She's had a long history of of being in the news for things outside of her art. Uh, we're not going to talk about that today. We're, you know, Art of the Beholder, we always focus on the art. But before we get into her discography and filmography, we got to talk about her vocal style, I think. I think that's a perfect place to start. Before we start. I am going to talk about something outside her life that I've, this is the first time I've found. What was the first time? Swan dress? It's a swan (laughs) dress. Oh, is it really? It really is. That's the first time time I ever saw Bjork and I knew who she was. I was a kid. I think it was what, 95? Yeah. 96, something like that. 95 was post. That was like kind of maybe it was the peak of her, not the peak of her career, but the peak of her public you know, career. Yeah, you know, I think it was, was really like 96, maybe 96, 97. I, I can't remember, but that's a little I, homogenic I just, days. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like watching, uh, you know, when you're a, you're, you're a, you're a young lad and uh, you're a lo- young, young lad. there's nothing else on TV. So your parents have the Grammys on and you're like, why is that lady wearing a swan? Yeah. So right away, even before you heard her music, you know, she was different. You know, she was. Oh, unique. yeah. I knew she was a unique uh, performer and uh, honestly for several years I didn't know who she was besides the swan lady and that I think that ties really well into her vocal style and aesthetic because I was trying to summarize it in a very short way like a sentence and um, here it goes so her vocal style and aesthetic is theatrical so it not only does she not only has incredible range she definitely does but she also uses her vocal uh, in a unique way, and she uses what's called vocal gymnastics. So vocal gymnastics mm. are the use of kind of growls and howls and you know effects with her vocal register that people don't normally use in modern music. Was that like when she goes from like really low to high and like scream stuff like that? Or that like a, uh, you know, like the the sound effects you can create with your when you when you vibrate your vocals. Oh so, yeah, when I beat when I was beatbox champion in two thousand five. Yeah. I, I oh yeah, that. guys, you didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, Buck is a beatbox champion, and mm-hmm. uh, guys, you have to pay extra for that though. I'm not yeah, gonna put you, usually yeah, I put you know you know me guys. I like to put Buck on the spot, and I like to make him squirm. Patreon. But, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll you have to pay extra that for up. that. Kind of, it's like our version of OnlyFans. So if you want, you want the nudes. If you want the nudes, if you want only Novo, <laughs> only Novo, buck, the buck. And, hey, buck hey, the wait, box, it it's it's not the, the nudes. It's not nudes. It's it's lewds. Okay, Ooh, you pervs. Like so you're not <laughs> so, getting any uh, of the goods. But just to, let's do a, let's do a Novo pullback. So her vocal register, you know, it creates this absolute only, literally only one in existence. I guarantee, if you've never heard Bjork, you've never heard a vocal like this, and you never will again. It's it's an absolute unique element of her sound and um that leads us to her lyrical choices uh she writes her lyrics and um how should i put this it's very robust it's very cryptic and uh, let's 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 get to the meat it's it's downright weird it's down it's downright weird i urge you just to go and read her lyrics and you won't know what she's talking about but it's it's fast sometimes she is blunt i will say that as as um doing the homework for this piece i learned Sometimes she's just talking about lovemaking and she'll be extremely explicit in what she wants to tell you. Mm. Uh, And sometimes she'll curse because her her vocal, her use of melody, her vocal melodies are always kind of sweeping like um, string arrangements. You don't realize that she curses a lot in a lot of her songs, but um, she'll talk about she'll talk about fucking. Is it like uh, uh, Icelandic cursing? The only time I heard her actually sing in Icelandic was in Glinglow, which is a compilation. The, her first it was album. like the well, it wasn't her first album. Um, it was actually this is considered. I had to look this up. This is considered a compilation album because it's it's like it's essentially like her being with the it's sugar a jazz cubes. album it's a jazz album yeah it was and it was really great and that really starts that probably our sub thesis underneath the the normal thesis is it started this incredible use of dichotomy like she would always pair things that didn't always fit together but she made it work like her like her vocal style and aesthetic is so unique that pairing it with jazz made this weird set of lanes that you have to listen to it in like you know it's yeah. she's because she's not a traditional jazz singer you know she's no. not like esperanza spaulding and the, the other ladies we've talked about uh she's billy holiday kind of yeah. yeah she's in her own lane so let's so uh so so let's dive in so her discography and another sub thesis for her main one her discography i realized was 
not only an evolution of her sounds and her craft and what she wanted to 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 bring to us, you know, the vision of her art, but it also the the closest thing I could think of give you guys a metaphor or analogy is that it it goes through the life phases of the human condition, specifically childhood to adolescence to, you know, teenage angst to adulthood and everything that comes after. And that's why there's this um, innocence to debut, right? 1993 um, standouts, of course, is Venus as a boy, like I yeah. teased Buck about human behavior and uh, we're seeing a we're seeing her choice of style right out of the gates. She loves she loves and jazz and avant-garde and electronica and she fuses yeah. that it's all tied together with her very unique vocal. What was uh what was one of your favorites? I think Venus has a boy's the standout on here. When I was listening to the first two albums, the the thing I kept thinking was, wow, this is so 90s. It it has like a very oh God, like yes. 90s like electronic sound that it it was kind of like it, when you I just remember watching movies from around that era that would have similar like the songs professional. like the background. <laughs> yes, that that was the one I was going to say like the professional. I'm pretty sure it has Venus as a boy in it. Yeah, oh, okay. Because I was going to say that sound. Natalie I think Portman's that was first there. role ever. You know, it, it kind of weird. Um, yeah, it it did not age well. It did not yeah, age that, well. That movie it's, did not. It's age a weird well. relationship between a serial uh, or a an assassin, uh, an assassin, yeah. and a child protege. That and then they have a weird dad daughter relationship, but also strange. There's there's sexual tension. It, it, yeah, it, it, it would it, went, it, it would never it would it could never be made now. It's one of those. Here, movies. Here, here's what I say: if if a person lists that as one of their favorite movies, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to leave it at that. Well, I think, okay. Strip it's a away good movie all, overall. Yeah, but, don't get yeah. me wrong. It's a good movie. Gary Oldman is a tour de force. If you strip away the weird stuff, it's still, it's still, I, I still enjoy it. I don't like it for that part. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it just is very uncomfortable. Yeah, it didn't age well. They should have just left him just carrying his plant around. If he had the <laughs> plant. The, the whole movie is him the carrying whole movie his plant around. The just him carrying his plant around. And it, like yeah. assassinating people though, right? Like people, we still want yeah. the action. But it's yeah. so the relationship. So Natalie Fortman is uh, replaced by the plant. So it's it's like his relationship with yeah, really himself, kind of like in the, Cast the plant. Away. The plant. It was Tom Hanks knocking. and Wilson the ball, but yeah. it was this, the assassin and the the, the plant. plant tells him at one point that she's in love with him, and that <laughs> we'll just keep it at that. It's a plant, <laughs> and um, let's pull it back. So debuted nineteen ninety three. Is it? excellent offering um this is really paired i feel like these are these are twins debut and post in 1995 or their sp spiritual successors because between um and it's crazy because you know we had a show about tricky not too long ago they i feel like their careers really were in parallel they really married yeah. each other because they had these huge hits out of the gates right mm -hmm. and then because they're very artists at heart they didn't like the limelight and they they went underground uh yeah. metaphorically and figuratively and they they continued to make music but only that was true to their vision they didn't make it for the masses you know and that's why no. debut and post is unique to me because it's the most digestible bjork there is hands down uh debut and post yeah, yeah i would say post more than probably debut in my opinion but wow. yeah i would i would say that's when Post was like real when I think she really kind of you know was on the scene rather yeah um and I I will say this I have to do a full disclosure let's transition to post 1995 her second LP it is my favorite it is also where interesting I fell in love with Bjork and I've listened to Post more than any other of her albums when did you first listen to this were you was I was ninety I've been lucky to have a lot of. Uh, family members that were very musical and artistic and they brought post to me at a very young age i think i mm. was in middle school or high school okay and army something about army of me really stuck with me and it's a great I, opening track oh my god i used to use that that opening portion of the track as my cell phone ringer so when someone called really? me it would be like yeah. you know yeah. uh, i'd be like oh got a phone call it's York's army. That's of way cooler than the first like uh like sound I used. What was that? Uh it was R2D2. <laughs>
beep, bop, boop, bop. Yeah, I used to th- it used to annoy the fuck out of everybody. It was great. <laughs> and um, I think using Tricky as a uh, parallel, a mirrored career, is fitting because Tricky they had a relationship at this time, and Tricky produced mo- a lot of this album. Uh, not a lot of people oh, know like that. a friendship or like a relationship relationship. I think both. I think oh, a friendship I, I and, a, and a romantic okay. relationship. And standouts for me, of course, are Army of Me, I Miss You and Enjoy. And the whole album is really perfect in a yeah. lot of ways. Um, and that leads us to 1997's Homogenic. And right away, so uh, going back to my thesis of childhood and then uh, teenage years, and now we're we're in that weird period between you know, teenager and r- true adulthood, you know, even though you turn 18 and you're legally an adult, you're not a fucking adult. You're a kid. Yeah. You're a kid till you're kind you're of a kid, kid in, even in, until you're 25. Like I, thir- I, I would I would argue later, even late 20s, maybe 30s. Yeah. And homo so homogenic is that weird middle part. It's that late teens, 20s, right before true Jesus Christ, I hate doing my taxes adulthood. And um, this is where we're seeing the dichotomy again. So we're seeing her incredible passion for electronic beats she loves her she loves her beats she loves Would her drum machines there's almost an a industrial sound to this one uh maybe a hint if I you're mean, was it me on the spot more. really yeah. th- i don't know I, I i think there's that dichotomy between the electronic beats drum machines and string arrangements that she that she really carried through her entire career so guys put a pin like in that Hunter. because we're gonna bring yeah. that up a lot yeah and homogenic a lot of people now. This is a lot of people's favorites, and it was yeah. good, but not my favorite. Yeah, it, it's my second favorite. Ooh, don't tell me what your first favorite is till we get to it. Okay, I, I, I but we have it wasn't debut or post. Right? No, 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 we haven't. Got okay, to it yet. okay, we haven't got to it yet. Now, standouts for me on this one is, um, God, Bachelorette. That's my favorite fucking really? song on this okay. album. Yeah, it's the closest thing. It's the closest thing she's ever written to like a Bond theme. Every time I hear it. Um, I've seen what, music. Wasn't she I've, like slated to do one at I one don't point? Know, I don't know the I history like there, was, but I could I, I like could see that. Thing. Just like Tom York, or I mean, Radiohead was commissioned, but ne- it never made. It never um, happened. Yeah. It never happened. They just released it as one of their solo singles. They, they did. Uh, um, I could see that. Yeah. The, have you ever heard that cover they've done of one of them? Um, oh, what is it called? It's the Carly Simon one. Oh yeah, yeah. You, uh, we've brought that up in another. That's the sexiest song really? ever to Tom York. Yeah, we've talked about that. Yeah, Tom shows. York said, yeah. uh, you know, I'm pretty sure in the Kid A in the actual Kid A episode, we talked about that at the gems. You know, to check out their covers, kind of a thing. Oh, okay, so, yeah. Remember, oh, Buck's getting does Buck has dementia, so we. I, have well, I have season. COVID brain. So <laughs> COVID, yeah. God, Thank you, thank you, everyone. Thanks, COVID. Yeah, uh, no, I, the foggy I have, brain. Well, the long COVID, it's getting better, but no, seriously, I like have forgotten a lot of shit, so I'm sorry. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you're coming you're, you're coming back to baseline. That's good. What was that? <laughs> I said I'm glad you're getting back to baseline. So what that's was that? good. What? What? Huh? <laughs> what are we uh, talking about I thought you were serious for a minute. I was like, oh shit. And no, or like, no. And no, I could, no, I really do have co- I have long COVID. I'm and I'm not, I'm and uh, full that. disclosure, we're having some technical difficulties with our equipment this morning. Yeah. By so the if way, anything sounds so, off. It's not us. It's the equipment. Yeah. If we sound like we're talking over each other, it's because <laughs> we can't hear each other sometimes. So that's why if it sounds like we're like yelling at each other a whole bunch or like talking over each other, yeah, we just no, keep I, each other. I think it's, we're, it's we're going part to of our it. banter. It's part of our banter. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> this that's was also. Magic. Let's uh, let's bring it back to homogenic 1997. This is also the um, this is something to note for all you deep divers out there. This this starts a long time collaboration with music producer Mark Bell has kind of been with her for the rest of her career, and um, that leads us in. We're I was going to focus on the LPs, but I do want to touch on some of the special stuff she put out. So the, she was in uh, well, not the live stuff. I was going to actually move on to Selma songs next. So Selma songs was oh, okay. Uh, okay. made okay. for uh, it's it's. It's a music soundtrack for the movie Dancer in the Dark, uh, which she also started. And um, it's it's kind of its own its own. Give it give it a listen. I feel like it really is stands apart from her regular LP work. Uh, okay. It's it's good. It's very Bjork, but I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it because I want to go go ahead and touch on 2001's Vespertine or Vespertime. 
Uh, and this is where I feel like she's she's an adult finally because the the yeah. this this album is so intimate. You know, remember when I was talking about the bluntness of her mm-hmm. lyrics when she's talking about lovemaking and straight up very graphic shit, um, boning. boning. Yeah, I mean the the whole album is themes of sex and love and sex and love again. And what which is you know I feel like every artist has that album right. It's either a breakup album or it's an album of being in love. I think that's in, that's that's a human condition. Yeah. We all have, we all have those in us, you know, those kind of outputs. So, yeah. And this is, um, oddly, this is my favorite album of hers, uh, just because of the, this is it, huh? Yeah. Um, I just think like you said, it's a mature. Yes. I love the sound of it. Um, just like the, Ooh, ooh, I want to hear why dissect, dissect. Like you said, there's a sensual kind of sexiness to it already just because of the themes. But I, I think with the sound, it's kind of one of those where I, th- I think some of her early albums, they were kind of almost all over the place sometimes. Like you could almost um, say you could take a few couple of her songs from her earlier stuff and be like, it could be on either one of these albums a little bit. This mm-hmm. one kind of seems a little bit more complete as a whole, too. And, and that's that's my that's kind of interpretation on it analysis yeah so um if you're screaming at it and saying no he's wrong okay i'm sorry (laughs) well that's all that's the whole show's about it's 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 yeah yeah, it's our it's it's our opinions but But yeah they'll still scream it that's what that's what twitter's for is for screaming about nonsense so they'll they'll scream at us through that this is the one that i i i like the the most um and I'm not the biggest Bjork fan like you are, but yeah, I like this one. Uh, well, I, ooh, I, I, I'm going to put you on the spot then because uh, part of the reason why I wanted to do a full career piece on this is we. you said that Bjork was one of your favorite artists. And I think, I, yeah, I want to say it was the Tricky she, Show. She is. She Okay, so I should say she is one of my favorite Disclaimer. artists, but she's not yeah. like like in my top five, probably. Okay, top 20 then? Top fifteen. Okay, you know. that's still Jesus. What, um, with all the the music out in the world, and there is an excessive amount. Oh my God, that's why we do. Yeah, these shows. no, I love categorize these things for you guys, but it is yeah. it is. I, I'm saying it gets you. I, I know how big she is in your realm. Yeah, <laughs> but um, well, uh, I I meant compared to well, yeah, but compared to you, I mean, she's. She's, she's my top more. ten. I'm not saying to she's me. not yeah. for yeah. Okay, she's probably eleven or twelve. And that's uh, let's go ahead and move on to 2004's Medulla. Now, Medulla for me, I'm gonna start with my opinion, and I'm curious to hear yours. Medulla for me is the only album on her entire discography that I just can't. I I just it just doesn't land for me. No, I, I don't know what it is. Well, I knew I know what it is. I think it's her experimentation with a complete vocal album. So what I mean by that, guys, if you haven't heard Medulla, the entire album, and I think, well, I would say there's probably some exceptions. What the the press release about this is that the entire album is constructed by human vocals. So there's only beatboxing for 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 drums. There's only uh, singing uh, uh, lyrics for melodies, so the entire thing is a cappella, with again a couple of exceptions. If I would, if I, if I really listened carefully, uh, and it just doesn't. I just, I, I some people love it. I, I didn't know if you were one of those buck this album. I'm on the other side. This is another uh, trout mask replica for me. I just can't. I just can't fall in love with it. Um, it's a love hate. I would say on my end, like mm. there are certain songs I really like, like OC. Oceania. Okay. Is that what it is? Oceania? Excuse me. Um, um, no, I don't think it's her worst talking. album. I think we're getting to those. It's, it's Oceana. Yeah, you're um, right. Yeah, no, I I, I don't... I, I would say, yeah, it's a little bit of a departure. You don't think it's her worst album? You think her worst album is later? Yeah. Oh, I, I couldn't disagree more. I think yeah. this is... I hate to say worst because it's so relative to only well, her discography. It's, it's kind of like it's, when you're it's saying a departure. Radiohead. Yeah, when yeah, you're trying to find a bad Radiohead album and you're like... It's like King of Limbs. King of if Limbs. Use, yeah, if we're going to yes, use metaphors. If we're going to use analogies, really good, excuse it me, got it's good the King of Limbs wasn't of her discography. Like but Radiohead quality. Yeah, I think, again, it's always relative to their output and their standards of quality. And she has gr- excellent standards of quality. So I, I wouldn't say worst. I would say departure. It was her trying something different. It didn't quite land for me. And it probably won't land for a lot of people. But then there'll be people that I could see. Oh, God. 
this is your best fucking shit. What are you talking about, Novo? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, give it a listen. A very I've had a weird relationship with buying her work too. So mm. I I bought, you know, I think debut and post. And then like I would take a break from buying her stuff or just taking a break from Bjork's output. But then I bought Medulla in 2004. So I have that like a physical copy. And uh, later, Biophilia and then Utopia. And so, yeah, I would kind of take breaks in the middle, but I don't it was a weird I, I I had not heard anything before I bought it, too. So it was it was like a it was like a huge slap. It was like yeah. this is different slap in the face. Right. Um, let's move on to drawing restraint. Nine. Now, this is another um, music soundtrack for for a film. And so it doesn't really stay in the lineage of her at her normal LP LP, you know, out outings uh, until mm. volta in 2007 where to start volta to me is it 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 is in this lane of it's not the weirdest stuff you've ever heard i think that's medulla it's not it's not crazy uh, departure off off the rails bjork but it's also not really digestible uh, it's not completely pop it's definitely more art pop and it's kind of right in the middle it's just like Tricky's Vulnerable. I would consider this, um, for lack of a better way to say it, like a safe middle ground type of body to her work. I don't like it. You don't like it? I, yeah, this is I the thought one it was. I, I thought like. it was in the middle. So you thought this was her worst out- outing? Yeah, I would say Ooh, it's, it's probably yeah. one I'm, of them. I'm curious. Yeah. I, well, I, well, let's yeah. discuss. That's why I, we have the show. This, I, I think this one's all over the place. You think so? Yeah. Oh, man, we're completely on opposite ends of the spectrum. I, I don't think it's all over the place. I think it's kind of right in the middle. I think any track on Volta could be put anywhere on her discography. That's how middle of the road I think it is. Really? Yeah, really. Um, yeah. God, I, what, do you, I mean, uh, what do you guys think then? Please uh, tweet at us, email us. Is Volta? Yeah, I would love to hear some some other people's feedback on this then. Do you think Volta's in the middle or do you think Volta's uh, as Buck would put it all over the place? I, I'm just I, I think it has some, some very high and low points. Um, but yeah, I, th- I I remember listening to this back in college. I'm just not enjoying it. And I did again the prep for this and I was kind of kidding. It's like, is that the same album that I'm thinking of? Where she looks like a light bulb on the front of it. That's exactly correct. Yeah. What is I mean? I, well, here's the thing. A lot of people uh, praised the artwork for this. And uh, I don't think do anything's a little... wrong with the artwork. I'm just saying, yeah. <laughs> she does a light bulb. I always think she looks like a just like a children's Saturday morning cartoon character. And that's, that's probably what she her. was trying to go for. Uh, but what's what's weird is when you do some digging, and I urge everyone to do some digging, the other artwork connected to this is is classic Bjork. Like it's it's definitely stu- it's it's usually photographs of her, but with a lot of you know. Uh, Photoshop or uh, there's a lot of manipulation or costume design or hair or hair and makeup. Um, and it, I just thought of Utopia. Utopia popped in my head. We'll get there. <laughs> and we'll talk about the vaginas on her forehead. But it, uh, I, I don't know. I really liked I really liked uh, the art, the artwork and the, the music. The music was OK. Uh, yeah, I, did, I didn't think it was the worst i didn't think it was the best i i find your 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 opinion fascinating yeah i just uh it's not my favorite well then uh uh let's let's move on to uh biophilia we should just end the show because i think i've <laughs> i've 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 ruined i've ruined it you're like no oh no my no god why well, you hate I, it i find what? it fascinating because we have three more lps to go over oh and, and these are I feel I, like I'm, these are all over the place. So well, that's why I'm so where I'm I get, surprised you thought Volta was. Yeah, I think Volta. I, well, I think this is the beginning of it just kind of. Well, this is the beginning or not the beginning. I would feel like let's back up a little bit. I think after Homogenic, that was an end of an era. Right. Mm-hmm. And then she started this era uh, or she started this evolution of I'm just going to make art for my for. I'm going to make the art I want to make. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't care if this makes a billion gazillion dollars or wins a million awards. I'm going to make the most honest art. uh, And that's true to my vision. And that's why it's still so, you know, like we thought, I think back in the nineties, we thought debut and post and homogenic was so wildly different. And then I look at her work now and I'm like, Oh my God, it, it can't even hold a candle to, the stuff she she writes now yeah you know we actually had choruses in in the beginning and now it's like just her vocal is another string instrument 
So yeah, let's let's move on to 2011's Biophilia. Uh, she called uh, a little background. We we need to start there. She called it um, an app album, like an application album, as in applications on your iPhone. Um, and it was kind of educational in one way, but also at, at the heart of her calling it an app album, it's just that she wanted to to experiment with multimedia projects. So instead of just there like was a making lot of an album that going on around that time. Oh yeah, and I've always. I that's what Novo Day Productions is. You know, we want to continue to grow and in and, and touch on multimedia uh, experiments and projects. So I, I get it. Now, uh, I like it when things are tied together like this in a nice bow. Sometimes it, it doesn't always work. I think the last time I was like, oh, God, why'd you fucking do it this way? Is um, this is a little uh, Novo tangent is um, Final Fantasy 15. Like they had the movie and the game and I think some like web shorts here's the thing guys if you want to do multimedia that's fine but each thing should be it's in my humble opinion it should be its own enclosed realm at the same time like you should be able to read a book or a movie and it it, you shouldn't have to do each of the multimedia to get the entire story like each of them should be able to stand alone so you're you're bringing up you're bringing up final fantasy 15 i think there's a better example I think it's Ooh. um it's Matrix the Matrix tri- er, sequels. Um, um if, if you remember those before they came out there was an, like the Animatrix the yeah. there was the game if you did not play the game oh, um, that's right. there was a You're huge right. plot point you missed out on which was really like was it like I, I was not Niobe there was like no, the, yeah, there was a yeah. mission Niobe was went a mission on and if you didn't play the on. game you're like you see the movie and you're like why is she even exactly here? yeah right it, yeah you you wonder why and it's because they basically figure out that the machines are drilling down and you actually are getting or drilling down the Zion and you actually figure out how they found out about it in the movie they're just like oh my god here's a um, a diagram of it. Uh, here they're uh, digging down. They're starting to uh, come after us. And you're like, <laughs> is that how they sound? How, how the fuck? That's that. That's how that one guy sounds. Like the one captain. I don't know who his name is because probably. So yeah, you out, you. Yeah. So you support my argument that like it's yeah, okay to have it, multimedia and them tied together, but each thing should really stand alone. It should it have should a, stand a, alone. A, a beginning, a middle, and an end. This is why medium it is. Yeah, this is why. Um, this is why when Lucas Arts tried doing this, I actually thought it was a brilliant. They tried doing this with a book in video games. Oh, that's a good example of something that really works because there's so many supplemental multimedia in the Star Wars universe, and they, they there's books well, and there's TV shows. Well, Shadows of the Empire, Shadows yeah. of the Empire was was a test of that because they were getting ready to do the new Star Wars, the prequels, and they were trying to figure out how they could do it multimedia way. So there, yeah. there was a book, there was a, a video game, Shadows of the Empire. Um, and then there was some other stuff uh, along with it as well. And they, it was kind of a, a test. Yeah. Uh, they're they're kind of trying to do that a little bit again now with, with some of the High Republic. I agree with you 100%. You cannot rely... If we were... There's only... What you do when you do that is you 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 basically cut out i would say 90 percent of the the audience when you do that right it's that 10 percent that you're focused on that really get it it happens a little bit in other things too it's like star wars is another example where that's happening a little bit where you had like the clone wars cartoon and that is really starting to come into especially because dave filoni is um is is now the creative director of lucasfilm and he's uh, a great brain he's 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 probably the best brains behind the operation I've seen in a long time honestly well he he's he is the true heir to Lucas Lucas was heir. trying to, no, I'm, not, to I'm, not, I'm no I'm serious uh he's Lucas's protege he was he Lucas really liked him and was trying to set him up You're, it, it's just like in this in the recent um Boba Fett series there's a couple of characters if you've never seen the Clone Wars cartoon you had no idea who these guys were and like hmm. people were losing their shit about they were like oh my god he's on live action so yeah it, it, you gotta be careful with it a little bit um, my wife TV Del TV Del Rio was like that she was losing her shit when she saw the live action people in the Mandalorian so I can relate to that because she loved the animated stuff and the then animated she stuff the crossovers so she was like oh my god yeah, I would say, you know, and I know we're... In really it was Rosario game. Dawson, right, that played that very famous... Ahsoka. Yeah, Ahsoka yeah. is the is the, probably the last... I thought like, she did main... well, too. 
main as the character live that Lucas Lucas created. Yeah, no, she did a really good job. Uh, some of the makeup, I think people they fixed it though recently. But yeah, <laughs> uh, um, no, uh, Dave Filoni. Re- One more I, point, and then I'm going to pull a bat. So yeah, Dave sorry. Filoni. He he rescued Star Wars for me. I had no interest in his his series really brought it back. Okay, that's a perfect yeah. way to, to end that yeah. point. Uh, let's do a Novo pullback. So Biophilia, it is another evolution in her sound. I urge everyone to really pay attention to the imagery and the artwork because remember how I was talking about how uh, we're seeing an evolution of uh, the human the human condition and life phases with her work. You know, so she's starting to move beyond what a human could be you know the almost the concepts of evolution into eons of time into the future and she's becoming what i would call superhuman not that kind of superhuman mm. a different kind of superhuman and she's and she's creating that imagery in her artwork i find it very fascinating i liked i will say this i really liked biophilia yeah i, I liked it too yeah i i uh, really think uh a, a volta uh to biophilia was fine i really i really really uh enjoyed her arrangements, her uh, musicality, her uh, use of instruments, and she's always experimenting with non-tradition, non-traditional instrumentation. I really feel like it landed here. And this actually, yeah. uh, I don't know if you know this, it became the very first app <laughs> included in the permanent collection at MoMA in New York City. I feel like really, they, yeah. I was shocked that they they really what an accolade! Like that's gonna that's, that's, that's gonna pretty cool. That's gonna be there forever, you know. Through, well, through if it's in time. the MoMA, it's it's forever. I love MoMA too. I I think it's I've never the, been there. Oh man, it's one of my favorite museums. I think um, maybe in the world, you know. I'm, yeah. I'm a little biased, but uh, it is it is it is that good. Are Let's we not going to talk about uh, Mount Wittenberg? Um, we can. So again, can this is a collaboration with Dirty Projectors, yeah. and this is. I will say this. I will lead with this before I give you the floor. I think it's everything Medulla should have been. Because it's ah, it, yeah. it uses vocals. Um, it's I mean there there is other instrumentation, but it it it's really almost a complete acapella album. But it yeah. really lands. No, I I just I one quick note on it. It it just kind of reminded me of um, Philip Glass's like work in the late seventies, like the whole minimalist, like Einstein on the beach, like with vocals hmm. and doing kind of loops and stuff like that there was a little bit of an element to that that i thought was kind of interesting but um yeah, yeah i never I thought actually about it that like way it. but that's a good that's a nice little um analogy yeah it's kind of yeah. like a late 70s or or i guess mid to late 70s minimalistic kind of experimentation kind of sounding thing uh you know how i love philip glass so um, oh yeah oh yeah we do oh we got it too well so did you like did that's, you like it i feel like it really landed uh mount wittenberg orca yeah yeah, no, I I, I thought it was it, great. Actually. I think it's fantastic. Oh, okay, good. Good. So okay. we agree on that one. Yeah, we agree on that one. Uh, uh, so I, I I'm actually that. I'm actually excited to move on to 2015's Volnicura because I feel like either there's going to be no middle ground on this one too. Either we're either going to be absolutely on the same page or different. I'm going to let you know what I've been I've been I've been taking the floor a lot. Let let me I'm going to let you lead. What do you think of 2015's Volnicura? <sighs> Dude, this is hard for me. Uh, this is this is one that um, yeah. I I just I don't don't know. overthink I not, it. Just just I couldn't, okay. So I couldn't get, really get into it. Wow. I, okay. Um, so Man, I actually are... it's it, it, and I know because I know like the, these last two ones I think were actually pretty highly praised. If I don't. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I, they, I think just like debut and post, I feel like Volnicura and Utopia could be cousins. You know, they're yeah. kind of spiritual successors to each other. Um, I think this is the best the best outing she's done from the new era of material. Mm. You know, since 2010, we'll say. So in the last decade. Uh, this is, I think, this is the best work she's done. I think this is everything homogenic uh, should have been, or she wanted it to be. And because it's again, it's this dichotomy of very fascinating drum machine type of beats mixed in with string arrangements, and then her vocal. And I think everything lands. I I love this album. Yeah, so we're it, we're on the opposite ends of the spectrum again. It's not that I don't I don't hate it. Uh, it's just, I don't know, for some reason, it just did not really 
speak to me. I mean, Lion Song, I guess, was the one that I really do like off of this one. Oh, yeah. That's when I re-listened before the show. That was the, that was, I tried to listen to at least one or two tracks from every single song on our entire discography and catalog. And that was, that was it. Yeah. If, so I, I go, how I, when pull back behind the curtain, when we're talking about these albums, I'm also kind of looking at, um, spotify and if there's the little heart next to the to the song it means i've listened to it before and i've liked it and lion song is on there so lion song is excellent i yeah, yeah. um yeah. okay then what do you think of 2017's utopia i actually loved it <laughs> that was the <laughs> thing is like i i thought this was a brilliant album um it kind of felt to me like it was coming back to kind of more of what um, I enjoyed out of Bjork. Uh, you thought it was like a like return to first, form? Like, I think like the first three or four tracks. A little bit for me, yeah. Just because I, I didn't like um, Volen- Volnikura. Volnikura. Yeah, maybe I yeah. didn't like it as much. I pronounce it right. Uh, but no, I, I loved this when it came out. And I, I thought, you know, this was that that first, I would say, like four tracks. Yeah. I really got into it. Yeah, I mean, it, this was a little bit... Um, it, yeah it's 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 a little different i would say but i i thought like I, i'm a little surprised still has that bjork lot. dna though right it's yeah still bjork i'm sounding. surprised this is the last album we've gotten from her though um yeah last last one in, she's in, been, in almost half a decade yeah she's been um, pretty active until now well we see a lot of artists do this sometimes they 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 need a longer break <laughs> after yeah, and a while and i get that she's not a spring chick again anymore. i'm not saying that she's you know, you get older and you start doing. And you want to focus on family or other things in your life or other yeah. art. Remember, uh, we haven't even touched uh, a lot on this, but remember, she's an actress too. She does a lot of film-related yeah. output, and we'll we'll get to that here in a minute. After she did maybe one of Utopia. my favorite television things of all time. Put a pin in that. I do want to hear yeah. it, but uh, hold for just a second. Uh, because no, we'll talk about right now. <laughs> well, I want to talk about uh, my opinion on Utopia. Yeah, again, no. 2017 is I. I didn't feel the way you you felt. I I really I think, I think it's still okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's not her worst. Or I I should stop saying worst. It's not it's not a huge departure. It's um I I I think it's it's in the middle for me. It's it's an okay. It's yeah. a solid okay. It's a it's a warm bowl of okay or whatever you like to say. It's and a yeah, it's a warm bowl <laughs> of just okay. I, yeah, I, I I didn't think it was as good as Fulnicura. Okay. And a, a couple of other things we should uh, touch on is she's always had a long history of working with people, other artists, usually producers that are are kind of underground like she used she used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Volnicura was produced by Arca and the Hacks and Cloak. I I really like their work. It is not going to be for everyone. I will warn you. That's another pre gym gym of the week kind of thing. Check out Arca. Check out the Hacks and Cloak. I like the Hacks and Cloak a little more. Uh, Arca just finished her Kick series, her Quintet, uh, and Utopia was produced just by Arca as well. Um, it's it's very. You'll hear a lot of a lot of utopia and arca's work that kind of stuff so um before we get into the filmography i do want to touch on the imagery she uses so a lot of how should we put it nicely uh femininity the female form and then the blunt version is she uses a lot of imagery that includes vaginas um there's really nothing wrong with that i kind of like that she does that because men have done this for eons a lot of phallic imagery and so why can't the ladies you know use their own imagery as well so i i, I feel like what i love about our modern uh, just a quick side note on our modern era with the uh things like lgbt communities and stuff like that making a uh, gender and um perceptions of uh, sexuality so fluid I, I i love that we can we can play with that more now than ever so i i welcome it a lot yeah i mean i i don't know her much for the artwork or something like that but if you look at a lot of her album covers and and some of the stuff that she's been known for outside yeah there's definitely that kind of um aesthetic and yeah i think it's 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 great i love i love when people and what was i was oscar isaac hosted snl he said that uh he was showing his monologue and i i i don't really watch these that much but he he said uh you should really encourage your kids to be weird and let them know yeah. that it's okay to do these things because that's the only way you have you you come up with new ideas and new forms of 
of art and things like that. And so we're just a you do you, you know, it doesn't yeah. necessarily weird as such. I think has negative connotations. Just it, it, like yeah. It, you do it, you. Let well, them and be, I, be what they want to be. So. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because like, you know, I grew up in, in Farmville and any of these kids or stuff like that, if you did anything or liked even weird music, I, I grew up in a town of 1200 people, folks. Okay. That is, that is, yeah. Um, <sighs> anyway, um, let's pull but it yeah, back. No, so you gotta, you gotta encourage this stuff because it's, 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 it's the way humans have made. There's our PSA. We have at least one PSA every episode. The PSA. Let people be themselves. Let people right? just do what the fuck they want. That's right. Let's pull it back. So f- the filmography, let's go, let's go quick because I want to hear your favorite thing that she did. Uh, the oh. Juniper Tree in 1990, Dancer in the Dark is already stated in 2000 drawing restraint nine in 2005 and i think uh i think i can explain why we haven't um heard a lot of musical outputs is because she's she's uh gonna be in the northman 2022 uh and uh so what what is your favorite thing buck uh my favorite thing on? i think I've, I've brought up before but it is the most fascinating like three or four minutes of television i've ever seen in my life you can pick this up on youtube it's basically okay. her back in 88 i think when she was with the sugar cubes uh basically describing her television and she opens it up i don't know if it's plugged in but if you ever do this like her literal physical television yes she's she starts out and says hello i've been on holiday (laughs) for christmas time and i've been watching lots of uh television and i love it and i just wanted to talk and she opens the back and she's like look at these tiny houses and there's roads and i think this is an elevator that brings all the electrons (laughs) up to the sky and then um, oh, man. she talks about how a poet, uh, an Icelandic poet, told her that the brain. It, basically, she was getting brainwashed by the TV. And then she talked to a like a scientist, and he told her that was not right. And she ends it by basically <laughs> saying, "Don't trust poets on technology." Oh wow! And uh, yes, just watch it. It's fascinating. I've been I've watched this video so many times just because. I don't. I don't know. I find a, a certain humor and whimsy. Yeah, there's a there's something about just her, um, just her being herself that is almost fascinating. There's yeah. a there's a theatricalness to her just being her. There's a whimsicalness to it. It's uh, she's just yeah. We I think people gravitate towards it's, her. She's a, such a unique person. So let, let's bring it Kirsten on home. Kirsten Wig did a great like in, oh, interpretation yes. of her. Like she. <laughs> She would I knit. She knitted a sweater for an octopus and left one whole outfit. Oh, I remember this it's, SNL skit. It's well, dreams. <laughs> oh my Hopes god! So yeah, let's yeah. Uh, yeah. let's yeah. let's tie a bow on this. Let's bring it on home. Buck, tell the good people why they need to get into Bjork. Um, I think it's another. It's if if you're into music and uh, artistic creation, uh, or I'm sorry, expression. I, I think it's it's one of she's one of those kind of icons, especially in the latter part of the 20th century, and in in the early part of the 21st century of just being a kind of just a musical and 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 kind of an I would say overall artistic expressionist um so i think she's a big part of that scene and so that's why i think she's important is again advancing the culture and art as a whole um especially in the western world um just overall bringing that kind of new aesthetic and sound and again kind of making us reevaluate what we think about music as a whole absolutely as i said it in the beginning a trailblazer right so there you have it trailblazer (laughs) yes there you have it folks bjork the career of the one and only from top to bottom. Thank you so much for listening. I want to thank my guest, Buck. But before we go, you know, we got a little extra for you, a little icing on the cake, a little cherry on top with what we call the gem of the week. You don't know what the gem of the week is. It's essentially something we like to talk about here at the end of our shows, but not, may not always fit into the, the scheme of the episode. It may be something on our radar in the last day, last week, or even month, but we got to give it to you guys so you guys can dig deeper. I have a few because I wanted to think of um, something that connected to Bjork, but also something that I'm just into that had no connection. The closest thing I can think of as something that is connected to Bjork's kind of music or kind of aesthetic is uh, lyrically is the band The Mars Volta. It's just insanity if you read the lyrics. It's 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 they it's, did a cover uh, of one of her songs, but. 
don't they? I don't. Ooh, I don't know that. I think I'll they have, have to look that I up. Think, I think in the liner notes done, uh, of the show. Ooh, yeah. I like that. Um, and then um, either the knife. Uh, there's there's two versions of this female vocalist. There's the knife, which is her and her brother, yeah. or just her mm-hmm. her solo outings as Fever Ray. And uh, Fever Ray, I think the last time she put out music, or the last time Bjork put out any music, it was with Fever Ray. Oh my God, it is the most just unique. Oh my God, you just have to listen to it. You'll you'll understand the uh, the spiritual uh, connection and. Um, and I think you'll really fall in love. And then the thing that's not connected that I just have been, you know, kind of into lately, uh, me and my wife have been watching. I, I'm late to the party, but we've been watching Euphoria on HBO. It's really good. I, I still haven't seen it. So, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Well, I got excited and I basically gave away my Jim uh, of the Week with the uh, Bjork little uh, television thing. Oh, so that was it. That, that was it. <laughs> Uh, oh, that counts. Yeah, I yeah. feel like that's a that's a gym of the week kind yeah. of thing. So that was like my gym because, I, like I said, it it I don't know, it brings me joy. So uh, <laughs> anything yeah, else? Check that anything out. else you've been in, into lately? Man, I've been really busy, but like I know you've yeah. been busy. Yeah, uh, Elden Ring, obviously. Um, oh yeah, that we we did do the pre gym gym of the week on Elden Ring. Oh yeah, you've been in your played your self induced uh, coma. Yeah, since Breath of the Wild. Yeah. yeah, I haven't gotten to a game like that in a long, long time. Probably yeah, since Breath of the Wild. So oh, I'm still a, nervous. We talked about years, this so. at our pre show. I'm still nervous about getting into Elden Ring just because I don't like punishingly hard games like Dark Souls and stuff like that. Oh, I wanted to. Yeah. I want the progression and difficulty to be graded together. Um, but I mean, uh, we'll see. Maybe when it's. Do you just want to throw your controller across the room, like? And oh, I ra- I rage quit. I don't I don't quit. I I rage at the TV. The last time I did that, I, I is when I played Deathloop. I I bought Deathloop, and I thought I was yeah. really gonna like it. Uh, not so much. I did rage yeah. quit or rage just rage at the TV a lot yeah. with Deathloop. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. Um. You can, of course, if you like that, you can, of course, check out some of our stuff at underscore Novo underscore Day and Days D D E. And at Novo Day Media, you can, of course, check out our products at NovoDayProductions.com. There you'll find things like the Entropy Sessions, post Meridium Adulteration, Cancel Culture Lotto. We got a lot of things in the oven. Don't forget to like and subscribe and follow and hit that notification bell, rate and review. And if you'd like to sponsor our little love child here, you can reach out to us at NovoDayMedia at gmail.com. And until next time, guys, be good to each other. And as always, good luck and Godspeed. We love you. Art of the Beholder is brought to you by Novo Day Productions. Created and hosted by Novo Day and the Novo Day Collective. Facebook.com slash Novo Day Media. At Novo Day Media on Twitter and Instagram. Music by A Company. Facebook.com slash Aco Music 123. Aco on Spotify. Logo designed by Tom Justice, J-E-S-T-U-S, of thejusticecompany.com. And executively produced by Clayton Anderson. All rights reserved. Slava Ukraine.